Welcome back to Don't Caught a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are finishing Parable of the Sower. A quick, a quick read this last section. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we finished the book. We're gonna get into it, but it's a, it's a very, like we said last time, it's a very dark book. So we want to get, we want to get a little upbeat first. Do you have an upbeat warm up for me? Ooh, maybe. Actually, yeah, it's optimistic. Okay, this is gonna be an Elden Ring update, Luke. Nice. Uh, so you might have heard Luke and I've been playing Elden Ring a little bit. Uh, we recorded a longer episode on it for the Patreon, but mm-hmm. the the gist of what you need to know for this warm up to be to, to be understandable. Uh, Dan puts a lot of hours into Elden Ring. Dan has not made a lot of progress in Elden Ring. <laughs> so I think I'm currently sitting at like 50 hours or something stupid like that, and. Okay. I don't think I'm halfway through the game yet. What I'm hearing is that you're having a blast and you've got a lot of game left to enjoy. I, I do have a lot of game left to enjoy, but I learned something. My update is that I learned something, Luke. Ooh. I learned why I was being, why I was so bad. Uh, <laughs> so I'm, I was like watching some videos this week just to see other people and how they're enjoying okay. the Elden yeah. Ring and George, this is, George's this new is, world. This is big because before we had recorded our Patreon-only episode on Elden Ring, we we kept ourselves from looking up any Elden Ring content. Correct. The only things that I was seeing were like the in-game messages that were like the tri-finger butthole thing, which was uh, every time I saw that, I got a chuckle. So I appreciated it. Right, right. But now you have now you have consumed some Elden Ring content. And immediately... I'm seeing people's health bars going like halfway across the screen. (laughs) And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Hold on. Should I have been leveling my health bar this whole time? Okay, so to be clear, you had leveled it some, right? No. No. (laughs) Luke, the, the reason why I was so bad, I would get smacked by one person and die instantly and so i'm playing i could not believe this i'm playing i'm like i realized i realized this is what i realized i was not bad at the game i was playing on ultra hard mode at the game okay because yeah every fight i would go into it was like okay i can't get hit a single time because i will die immediately here we go This is the funniest thing I've ever heard. And then I watch somebody um, playing playing it. They have a health bar that goes across the screen. They're taking five or six hits, and they're fine. They're doing a little uh, crimson tear drink. I wasn't even using the crimson tear because it was like if I get hit once, like it's pointless. <laughs> so okay, okay. Give me your. I want to hear your thought process for your leveling strategy before this knowledge. Oh, it's very it's very easy. Here's how it, here's how it worked. I got a cool sword. And I was like, damn, that's a cool sword. I would love to be able to use that sword. Oh, I don't have the stats to use that sword. All right, how do I how do I level up to use the sword? I need more strength. Okay, I'll level that up. That was it. So you were there, you were there with the like minimum health attributes, but like a hundred strength. Correct. I think until I think I was like level 50, and my vigor was level like 10 or 11 or 12. It was around there. Okay. 
Okay. I, what, talk to me about your, in, do they call it endurance? The, in this one? The like stamina bar? Yeah. The stamina that bar. one started out pretty high. Were you leveling it? No, I also was not leveling that. Phenomenal. So uh, I've learned some things now. Uh, now my health bar so, well, I, is is you're gonna be really good. I okay. This is the this is the update. I think I'm actually really good at Elden Ring. <laughs> I think th- it's like th- this might not be. I mean, I, okay. Everyone who listens to the podcast will know what I'm talking about. I'm Rock Lee, and I've just taken the weights off. Okay, I've just dropped the weights to the floor, and now I'm cruising. Now I'm just crushing everybody because I can take a hit and and still keep swinging. Right, right. And I take very few doing, hits. You were doing a no hit run. <laughs> That's exactly weeks. what I was doing. Um, oh boy. So that's my update. That's my Elden Ring update. Uh, I'm I'm good actually. I think I'm good at it. Okay, okay. I'm glad to hear this. Um, this is exciting because I did. You did say last time that you were leveling up. I I I made fun of you because you were like leveling up everything it seemed but apparently it was everything except like the two most important stats it was everything that like (laughs) prevented me from doing something cool that i wanted to do so if there was a weapon or a hat i wanted to wear i was leveling up to be able to wear those things i love that you call it a hat um (laughs) yeah yeah dan's a flashy player but he's not he's not falling for the uh for the just like grinding levels that you need oh no no definitely not definitely not (laughs) i love that i i'll give you my update which is that my in an unrelated instance Mm -hmm. my thumb started hurting oh and so i've played like one hour since we last talked oh no about this i don't know what it is that's tragic very frustrating luke i know i know um so i'm i'm still basically where i was the last time we discussed i'm very excited to get back into it it's fun man i'm having a good time now more so than ever (laughs) now okay last time you said you were not going to go for more dark souls now now you're going to for sure uh right yeah i still think it's it's taken me too many hours too much of a commitment for dan so i don't i don't know if we're gonna look at any of the other ones but maybe we'll see okay that's fair that's how i was with uh the witcher just could Mm. could never commit the time feel that feel that uh okay okay that's that's dan's elden ring update at some point when i can play again i'll maybe give another update but we got to get to the to the book talking about parable of the sower and Hold up, before but hold on, Luke, because we have to address okay. something that went completely unaddressed last episode, and I'm trying to figure out why. So I don't think a single time last episode we mentioned our protagonist's name because I could not remember it at all. I honestly am blanking on it right now. Okay, so at one point in this section, somebody said her name was Lauren. My question, yes. my question is. Is it that they never said it in the first half or that we just forgot it every time? No, I knew that her name was Lauren. Okay. Like they said it a few times. Okay. So 
Luke and Dan, professional book podcasters. The reason we never said Lauren, the protagonist's name, last episode is because Luke and I both forgot completely. So you witnessed a masterclass in how to go- dance around not saying somebody's name because you don't know it. Well, the funny thing is I actually didn't intentionally dance around it. It just like never came up. <laughs> I was intentionally dancing around it. Okay. I was intentionally like, okay. I don't remember this lady's name. <laughs> That's very funny. So, um, but I do what I do want to talk now that we know Lauren's name. I want to talk about something that happened kind of at the end of the last section we read and the beginning of this section. So mm-hmm. Lauren has this hyper sympathy thing. And as a result, she just like kills people if they threaten her because she can't afford she can't afford somebody to be in pain around her because it's like crippling and she kills a thief or like a would-be murderer just like a bad person she kills a bad person who's unconscious with like a very bad wound and harry gives her so much shit about it right and i I can understand the first couple times Harry does it because he doesn't know the deal with Lauren of like her hypersensitivity, but she explains it and Harry keeps kind of like, like keeps being kind of a dick to Lauren about the fact that she murdered a guy because of this issue. I don't think he's justified at all in being a dick anymore. Like it makes so much sense, her reasoning and like, I think it's obvious that's the move after yeah. Lauren explains it. And yet Harry's like, well, are you going to kill these people too? She's not like a cold-blooded killer, Harry. She doesn't like doing this. Yeah, this one was... <sighs> okay, so they also kind of like have to either kill the person or leave them, right? Correct. And if they leave them, that that person, that person is dying. <laughs> right. We've seen so many instances of dogs running around with human limbs in their mouths that there's no way somebody is going to survive for long. Right. This, I think, gets back to something that she talks about a lot before they leave their, or I guess are forced out of their neighborhood, mm-hmm. which is that like no one is ready to talk about what happens when they have to leave right they're all in denial because like if you had you everyone would be perfectly aware that like when you get attacked and fight back like it's for it's for all the marbles out there (laughs) right it's all it's all on the line at that point yeah so yeah just a man it's wild that no that people didn't get as prepared as they as they should have for this I honestly don't understand where Harry's moral compass comes from. Like, what? Who was teaching Harry as a young man growing up, like, and we never kill people because killing is wrong? No. What parent in this in this compound is being like, hey, you can, like, killing is inherently wrong and you should never do it. Meanwhile, outside. I mean, I feel like her, her dad, the preacher. Yeah, but he's also taking them out to do guns. What are they doing guns for? True. True. And I mean, maybe this is partly, you know, within this story, Lauren is talking about how the adults old ways are literally dying and like they need to just die because it's not effective anymore. 
maybe we're seeing the echoes of that with Harry and his morality about her shooting this person is that it's this echo of the old morality that the older generation taught. But it's still just lay off, Harry, please. <laughs> come on, Harry. He does. He does come around at one point. So we'll, I'll kind of give him some credit, but it took him so long. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we get introduced to like so many new people joining the group over time that I almost like forget about characters. Like it's a short read. Mm hmm. But we keep getting the new ones and then the focus is on like the new ones. Mm -hmm. And like Harry's just in the background, like old dependable (laughs) Harry, I guess. Old reliable Harry. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, yeah, he's over there. He's he's pretty good. (laughs) We don't have to worry about him, which is good. Good for Harry at that point. (laughs) Right. He's become settled. Yeah. Well, there's no new drama with Harry. It's just Harry and Zara and they're doing their thing and like there's no drama there that's good that's good yeah the less drama the better in this situation (laughs) because because somehow this book got even more bleak in this section yeah tell me we talked about it last episode where it's just like it started off very brutal i was kind of hoping that there was going to be more like i don't know something goes Right, which I, I I guess you could argue it does, but have we just learned more about the world, and it's so bad. Yeah, where there's like, like, I don't know, a lot of slavery going on, right? And just like the road is just as bad, if not worse, as we had thought. I don't know. It's terrible. Yeah, there's like a reversion to the like turn of the century labor things and like mining camps and like script money and pinkertons and yeah it's none of this is good luke none of this is good (laughs) not a single part of it is good except uh i because of how bleak everything was i kept expecting somebody in the group to be like ha psych i was a spy the whole time for a gang and we're murdering you all now (laughs) and the fact that that never happened i was like oh hey things are kind of going all right oh okay okay so you set expectations very low my expectations were everybody here would die except maybe a couple people okay that was probably smart of you (laughs) based on the rest of the book that's what i was like all right seems about right yeah yeah that was a good move because like honestly we we do we do a podcast where we joke around about books and it's tough this this one one. is tough yeah yeah especially because there's not some weird new technology for us to like hypothesize about right like right there's no like uh cool flame sword that speaks latin or something in this (laughs) It's just like gun, you know, we know gun. Everybody knows gun. There's drugs, basically similar to drugs we already know. Yeah. Not a lot, not a lot of stuff to goof on, uh, to goof (laughs) on here. Yeah. Not a lot to work with. Uh, we, after we stopped recording last episode, Dan and I joked about giving a, giving a lecture on 
water treatment, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I'm not going to do. Uh, but I, I don't, uh, I don't know. Oh, what, what, what are we, what are we talking about? Here? Luke, I actually have some questions. Can you enlighten us a little bit about some of the techniques they use to get water at all? Cause I know you're kind of okay. somewhat of an expert. So two of the ways that I'm thinking of the first is they're at the beach and they're like digging a hole to get water that way. I, is that, is that work? Does that actually get a, enough of the salt out of it? Do you know? This one I'm I'm skeptical of. Um so okay, okay. Their sand does have a little bit of ion exchange mm-hmm. capabilities. Mm-hmm. But I like I don't I don't know if it's enough for like seawater. Okay. Cuz yeah. that's a lot. It's a lot of salt that you have to get out it's of. It's a it. lot of salt for the sand to just be absorbed. We're talking like we're talking 35 grams per liter for seawater. <laughs> right, right. Well, and you I can wa- only drink like one gram per liter. And at that point, and that's even kind of high. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah, Luke, so I love say, it. I don't know. I, like, I'm sure that this is a thing because it would be weird to just like put it in there. I should have Googled this beforehand, mm. but um, it's a lot of salt to be taken out. Unless it's like, unless it's water that's not coming from the sea. Right. You're saying maybe it's groundwater. Yeah. That could be the case. Yeah. Yeah. But I d- I'm skeptical of it, like removing the salt from the salt water. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But I could be wrong. What's it? What, what was the second one? There was another time they got water. Maybe it might've been the same time, but the, I think Harry was like, Hey, everybody out here is like, pissing and shitting all over the ground so you might not want to just drink that Mm. and like how much does that affect a groundwater supply like is that actually a contamination concern in groundwater if people are like okay so it's it's um, not it's probably not a ton of people let's say it's like 200 people tops because if you get more than that many people in a small area in this like universe they're murdering each other and stealing shit so i don't imagine it's a high concentration of people right um so for sure okay so they're they're actually at a surface water point at this 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 is a lake yes yes and so he's more concerned about people using the bathroom like and that getting into the surface water not the groundwater okay and that yes like that's worrisome if people are sick, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. like, it's I, they're not disinfecting that unless they have those little disinfecting tablets, and that's like an issue. Um, okay. okay, I don't. I it's a little bit less for groundwater because a lot of the like viruses are getting are getting sucked up or are getting uh, like filtered stopped out. by the like soil. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh. I think those are my two big water questions. Did you have did you have any water concerns in the book, Luke? There wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of like deep water discussion, so I didn't mm-hmm. really want to go into it. Maybe in the next um, book they go into the details. Maybe in the next one. Maybe in the next one. Although they're north, which apparently has not as bad issues with the water. So that's good. They're in Humboldt. That's right. Uh yeah, this book was interesting because I am I grew up in California, 
uh, near Sacramento, actually. So they're like, oh, we're passing, we're passing through Sacramento. Look, there's some kids eating a human leg. And I was like, oh, yeah, it sounds like home. <laughs> That's Dan. Yeah. Um, but uh, mm. speaking of that, though, so something that happened when I came to Minnesota and started talking about how to navigate Minnesota, I would reference highways and freeways as the 35w or the 95 Mm. and people would be like why are you putting a the like why are you adding an article to the thing and i was like i don't i don't know that's just how we say it that's how i say it and apparently it's a californian thing to add the to the beginning Mm. of the freeways and highways and yeah i was trying to figure it out it felt a little inconsistent in the book, there was a certain point where they're talking about, and I noticed it because I've been I've been told before. Hey, you say the before you talk about freeways. They're talking about five different freeways. They're talking about the I five. They're not adding the the in it. Okay, okay. This is something that I would never notice. I noticed immediately, and then okay, I will say <laughs> sometimes they did put the the in front of it, and I was like, why is it? Why is it sometimes yes and sometimes no? What's happening here? Mm. what's going Mm. on (sighs) yeah and i i think it might have been like i wonder if everybody in this community has grown up in this area or if anybody has moved here recently okay so like i wonder maybe there's a maybe we're getting a spy that's trying to pretend that they're from california and keeps messing it up somebody from those one of those midwest states we were talking about last week yeah yeah they're like hey don't notice me just let me stay it's cool out here i love it out here <laughs> la's great i saw seth rogan yesterday yeah, walking the, down the street the we're going up the five that's how you guys say it right uh yeah yeah that's it that's it uh that, that, that's like a very tiny note but i just couldn't it was it was bugging me it was like a little itch sure okay yeah that's a note for all of our californians mm-hmm. is that what you guys call yourself yeah, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Um. So we talked a little bit about the religion thing, mm-hmm. and this is a see. I I I think that there's another book. I forget if there's just two. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I don't know if maybe the religion thing becomes more of a thing, because I mean that's the name of the series. Mm-hmm. But so far, like, there's a moment here where the Benkel, I think is his name, the the guy that, that Lauren is now in a relationship with, mm-hmm. kind of is, like, teasing her about it a little bit. Yes. And it, we talked about this a little bit last time, where it seems a little bit cringy. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. It hasn't gotten, I don't know if it's, it's I don't know if I've warmed up to it yet. Do you know what I mean? Like, it still seems just like, oh, so you guys are just going to, like, live together and then be normal people. Correct. It doesn't seem like it's really impacting the community in a significant way. Like, and when I say a significant way, what I'm talking about is thinking about the Puritans coming over from England to the Americas and that, like, their religion basically set the entire social structure for how their colonies were oriented. Like, 
all of the right. rules, everything about how their society functioned was like centered around their Puritan religion. And that is right. not the case here. The case here is like, hey, we can read some of this poetry and it's like a cool thing to talk about. But, you know, it, we're all just chilling. Like, right. Uh, I mean, it's very early on in, in this quote unquote religion. Yes. And I like it. Like, I like the idea yes. of like being super willing to embrace change mm-hmm. and like and like affecting that change through your own actions mm-hmm. i just it's it's I, uh, maybe maybe i'm being too critical because it's so early um but yeah i just don't see how it's uh really like affecting the group that much i okay i'll say this i think i think it doesn't have these big obvious effects on the group because it's so new because it's very in the early stages and it's so it's very conceptual at this point i think it does have a big impact on the group because i think it basically keeps lauren going and lauren is like the Mm. leader of this whole group like without lauren taking these like risky acts of kindness to help people it would just be her it would just be her. It would just be her walking around because she like goes to help Harry and Zara at the beginning. And like right. if she didn't do that and she does this because of this like I think it's it's because of this drive that the earth seed has. Like it's this it's this embracing of change and this hope of like spreading to the stars, which I think is the big mm-hmm. part that is motivating Lauren through this mm-hmm. and like which we criticized the mars thing a while ago because like why are we doing mars but the mars thing honestly seems to have inspired lauren to do all of this community building because the she sees this end goal for her religion is like going to space right so in some ways i i think in a very important way it is essential to this community it's just not like a hard part of the community. Right. Here's the thing. I think like the way that I see this going in terms of like a way for it to change the world in this, in this like theoretical Mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. is less so as a like religion that spreads and everyone adopts it and it like does whatever and more so as like Lauren personally gains some measure of influence and power because of the message. Mm-hmm. And then Lauren personally like impacts the world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you want to know what this book reminded me of at, at the last section a lot? What's that? The foundation series. Mm. This earth seed idea reminds me so much of like the Harry Seldon you know, everything here is dying and we need to like prepare for the rebirth. Sure. And so I got a ton of vibes there of the kind of the foundation thing, but more on like a, <laughs> more on like a interpersonal level of like, what would that fall actually be like on the ground with somebody who is experiencing it? Right. Yeah. Um, but very similar idea in terms of like how the religion is motivating this community. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so it's good. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I've come around to it as well. Um, I, mm. Luke, I want to ask you a question because something stood out to me a ton. And I think we both might be out of touch, but I want to just gauge your feeling about it. She, Lauren introduces her religion to, oh, what was his name? Bancroft? Bancall. Bancall? Yeah. Lauren introduces her religion to Bancall. And he is like, yeah, but what about the second law of thermodynamics? Like, it sounds very similar to that. And Harry chimes in and he's like, yeah, 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 we've already talked about that. And Lauren's like, yeah, 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 I get it. That it's like similar to the second law of thermodynamics, but like, it's, there's more to it. I... This seemed like a lot of people who were like very well, who like understood the second law of thermodynamics to me. Did this strike you as odd? Uh, yes, I think so. Um, the reason the reason why Luke and I I feel like aren't super well equipped to determine if people know about the second law of thermodynamics is we both have degrees in chemistry, so. We both know what the second law of thermodynamics is because we studied it in class. I don't think a lot of people, even of a similar education level to me and Luke, would know what it was if I just said, hey, you're familiar with the second law of thermodynamics, right? Yeah. I I think I think that that's probably true. I don't know. I I also feel like there's a certain amount of like i don't really want to call it like pop science Mm. but like ways that this kind of thing enters i don't know just the general like Mm -hmm. knowledge Mm -hmm. stream Mm -hmm. here's the thing though i like it's kind of weird to me when this kind of thing is like a philosophy Mm. do you know what i mean like he talks about how her religion is like the second law of thermodynamics Uh uh-huh and how that's and then and like you said harry's like yeah we already talked about that it's it's always just like weird to me when one of these like scientific concepts people use a lot to like how am i trying to phrase this like it, it start it starts to become a philosophy when it's like just a scientific like theory do you know what i mean Mm, I think I do. <clears throat> and I think there are instances of this in reality, but I don't know if that's what's happening here. Because, like, I don't think when Lauren was coming up with Earth Seed, she was like, oh, entropy is really cool. How can we make this into a philosophy about entropy? I think it's more of just the fact that she experienced change and, like, noticed change is, like, a big important part of the world. And Harry is like, oh, yeah. Entropy basically says everything has to change and learns like, yeah, but, you know, there's more to it than that. Yeah, I think I feel like I read it more as Harry was saying, like, hey, this kind of philosophy already exists. Oh, I see what you're saying. And it's because, like, people have built a philosophy around the second law of thermodynamics. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it feels, I'm trying to think of some examples in our world of that. And I'm having, I'm not pulling any right now. But I think the reason it feels weird to philosophize just like a 
scientific law or a theory um is that it's like not really debatable in that way okay sure like it just happens it's just like a rock falling down a hill like it just happens it's not like a there's no bigger question to it (laughs) yeah it's and it's i don't know it's just kind of a like this is maybe a weird thing for us to talk about because i like I'm sure that it's like helped people in a way to like philosophize around it. I always just like have never quite connected with using certain like examples from scientific theories to like frame my worldview around. Mm. Mm-hmm. But I know that there are people that, that do that. Yeah. I think we might be we're, we might be in danger of speaking too generally to be like uh, saying anything at this point because I'm thinking of like well when I come up with my worldview it's based on like how the world works which is like explained by scientific theories so I don't know Luke I kind of do that yeah okay okay this is this is gonna get this is not like <laughs> this is too new for us to be like doing on a podcast without thinking about it because it's going to be just nonsense until we figure out what we're talking about um here's what we're going to do luke is going to start writing in a journal eventually he's going to realize he's coming up with a new religion maybe call it something cool like mars flower and then he'll come back to us with a couple of verses in a few weeks yeah just a few weeks at least uh okay Um, actually though i want to i want to take us back to the book a little bit can we go back to the book? Yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> we've gotten we talk, we're, we've gotten loosey goosey, which is and, what we were expecting to do. Because Luke, that initial question I asked, I po- I posted a couple of polls. I posted a poll on our subreddit, and I posted a poll on Twitter. If people knew okay. what the second law of thermodynamics was, ooh, okay, I haven't seen these yet. Right. Uh, so we have a very small sample size. I'll say. Uh, sample size of three. <laughs> Two yeses, one no. Okay. Which I'll say, like, I imagine the people using the internet and Twitter have much more, like, a higher level of education than these people in this book, right? I would assume so. And of those three people who I polled, only two of them even knew what it was. I think that's, uh, come on, three people vote? Second yeah. law <laughs> is ridiculous. Also, Can Lauren, I... Lauren, the last time she went to school, she was like 16. Yeah. There's no way. Uh, both of her parents are PhDs, though. Yeah, but that isn't. I didn't. Okay. When I was in high school, Luke, no way I knew what this was. No shot. No, same. Same. That's high school when no. things are going way better than they are in this book. You're telling me they figured right. out education in this book, yet everything else is complete trash? When the dogs rose up and rebelled, they were like, we should really get our education system figured out. We got to Yeah. We're, we're falling behind the dogs in education. It's not good. This actually checks out, though, because um, the other parts of society are the ones that have failed, which is like, like government <laughs> policy uh like sociology and that kind of thing Uh so like they're clearly not teaching (laughs) civics 
You're saying they focus too much on STEM. Yeah, way too much. I mean, yeah, they do have people on Mars, and yet the country is falling apart. So everybody knows the second law of thermodynamics, but nobody knows, uh, like sociology 101. <laughs> nobody knows the importance of free and fair elections. Or the history. That's right. Or the history of uh, mining towns and not working for company money. Exactly. Exactly. What's happened to all the unions? To repeat it. Quit teaching STEM. This is the takeaway message. (laughs) Too much STEM education. The are getting across. Uh. (laughs) Um. Where, 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 where did this start? Everybody knows the, thermo- the second law of thermodynamics, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's too yeah. much. It's too many people that know this. Honestly, yeah. I think if I even asked my friends who are training to be doctors right now if they knew what this was, I don't think they would. Can I Can I uh, be honest with you? Yeah. If we're in the, if we're in the trust tree? Yeah, of course. Um, I know the concept of the second law of thermodynamics. Yeah. Like, if you were to... If, like... However, uh-huh. if you were to be like, hey, Luke, what is the second law of thermodynamics without previously prompting me? No clue. No clue. Yeah. I also... However, if you were to be like, talk to me about entropy, like I could do it. Yeah, of course. So even like I even don't really know the second law of thermodynamics <laughs> very well. Yeah. Until in this book, they mentioned it by name. I could not have told you what the three laws were in order. Yeah, I know, like, generally what they are, but I don't know which is which and what numbering system they have. I feel like one of them is about energy being cre- can't be created or destroyed. What's that? Number I one? think that might be number one. Ah, see, but We're yeah. telling on ourselves. So. Oh, yeah, that's that's <laughs> correct. We are. Um, let's talk to everybody else. Let's bring everybody else into the into the episode. At one point, there's an earthquake that happens in this book. Yes. Lauren's like, oh, shit's really popping off now, and there's a lot more looting happening. And somebody mentions that they've called in the National Guard. We're just now calling in the National Guard? (laughs) What? Yeah, what does this mean? What does this mean? What? (laughs) Communities are being burned alive, like, every, every night. And there's one little shake, there's one little rumble, and then the National Guard gets called. What? How is that how is that how it works? You have to have a reason? The governor has to have like something to say? Where they're like, hey, this this is why we need the National Guard. (laughs) There was an earthquake. For some reason I didn't even realize this. But you're right. It's absurd um what's the yeah what's the level where's the where's the cutoff point it feels like it's because when do they leave actually is the next question when are they like job done time to go back to hq (laughs) oh do you guys feel any shaking any rumbling in there nope no more rumbling all right well forget those like burning buildings over there we gotta go (laughs) we gotta bounce Uh, apparently there's a hurricane happening somewhere so Got to be ready for the tornadoes. We'll be there a little bit too late to do anything about it. I Yeah. It makes me wonder if there's like some kind of provision 
in how the National Guard gets sent out, where it's like you have to have a natural disaster of some kind before they can authorize it. Mm. Like, I have no idea how it works. Um, or like if maybe there's a lot of pride in the governor of California where he's like, yeah, all these buildings are being burned every night, but we can figure it out. We don't need the We don't need the feds. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like a this is my jurisdiction. Right. <laughs> kind of thing. He's not he's not inviting the FBI onto his crime scene. No way. No. Of course not. It's his it's his. He can run the show. Yeah, either that or the president. Yeah. The if it also feels like the president who got elected might be extremely stingy with how he sends out the National Guard. Yeah, okay, sure. There's a few so there's a few options here to play with. So, how do how do I get how do you get a job as a national guard or like a police officer? <laughs> okay, those are kind of different, I think. Right. Like, okay, let's let's talk about the police. Mm-hmm. Um in, we're talking about in this universe, not in our universe or correct. Okay, okay. I think we need to specify that. Yeah. It's very different. Um, <laughs> so they basically just like chill and like get paid and then also like steal money from people. Yes. I'm assuming they're getting paid. I also am assuming that. Yeah. I mean, they're like and a gang, like, right? Right. I just, it's it's just <laughs> like, who's authorizing it i don't know i don't like i'm trying to figure out like how do they figure how do they hire people to this job like right exactly exactly because i would sign up okay i i wouldn't sign up but like i feel like everybody would want to sign up if they're on the street because like yeah it's way more secure than robbing people at knife point like you can rob people at gunpoint with your friends around you it's also like if you're in a if if you live in one of the walled communities that Lauren starts out in, mm-hmm. it would be extremely beneficial to get one of your oh, yeah. neighbors into the police force. Correct. How do we do it? <laughs> I don't know. Where are they posting flyers or like Ooh, wanted? Here's the thing. Here's the thing about it, Luke. Here's the thing. So I feel like there's a lot of wealth disparity in this universe. We haven't seen a ton of it, but there is this underlying current of like when the pyros light stuff on fire, they seem to be doing it with the veneer of a political statement of like eat the rich kind of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it sounds like in this universe, there is also a very wealthy class, which obviously there is because they're also running these desalination plants and like taking advantage of these poor people. Right. So I imagine all of the police are much more like essentially the private security force of these wealthy communities. Sure. And within that, I imagine, I don't think that the police are necessarily in that class. Like, I don't think the police are necessarily hyper wealthy. So I think how it works is it's inherited. I think they just, Mm. I think in maybe in like 2009, they were like, all right. Uh, that's all the police uh the once the first community started getting lit on fire they're like okay well we have all the police that's all we're we're not taking any uh 
volunteers anymore. Just your kids get to be police too. Congratulations. We found all of our police. Yeah. Again, I don't Because this is, again, like, it's a, it's a, this, this book I feel like is characterized by a water shortage that has been vastly exacerbated by just like political failings. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like they don't respond to the crisis well. And as a result, things get way worse. Right. Like the majority of the issues are caused by like political failings. And then just like the seed was the water shortage. Right. Right. Uh, Which is very cool. Very cool. Not at all what I'm what not, not not what I'm seeing today. No. At all. No. Which is good. We've still got a few years, right? We still yeah. we're about five years out from the end of this book. Something yeah, I think so. Yeah. Something like that. It's like twenty twenty seven. Let's turn it around. Yeah, I think we're I think we're on the right track, actually. I don't foresee this coming to pass at all. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Not at all. anyway, this book is super, yeah, super rough. So rough, actually, that at one point when um, Lauren starts dating, I'll say, mm-hmm. um, what's his name? I was like, the, the, okay, so the crisis of the world made me think much less of their like 40 year age difference. <laughs> And then when I thought about it more, I was like, ah, I don't love it. No, this is the first thing I thought of when she was like, I want to kiss him. And like from from one perspective, it's fine for like a young person to be attracted to an older person. It's up to the older person to be like, this is not good. This is not cool. I don't I don't think so. Like, no, I'm going to put my foot down here. No. Right. I like could be your grandpa. And also a great grandpa, probably. Right. And like, <laughs> and like the the thing I wrote down here is I get that like everything is going to shit and a lot of the norms are going out the window. This guy is old enough to remember high school. Like he remembers what normal high school was like. This person he is now sleeping with is in high school. So he has the knowledge in his head of how that's not okay. Like, he knows the, like, gap there. Right. Right. I think it's, con- it's like, Lauren throughout this book feels much older than she is. Totally. Yeah. Because of the, like, circumstance, I yes. guess. But, and so so I can, like, I can see why it would be, like, oh, uh, sh- she's really mature for her age luke is that what you're saying because i know it's yeah doesn't sound good guys it doesn't it doesn't at all uh that's that's why they were talking about his sister yeah um yeah she was worried about coming home with him because his sister would be like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and it's kind of like yeah it's kind of annoying his sister is gonna be a jerk about it yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) okay and i want to say there's a few things we should we should point out too with this uh the first is there's an obvious comparison with this to the people that were like 
essentially married off the women that were essentially married off to keep them safe um mm. like the the first like runaway slave that we meet that has a daughter they were like sold it was them right i was more i was more thinking of zara the zara is another example yeah, yeah there's been a few examples yeah. here of where people like women in order to be safe have married a like a much older man and right so when you compare this which is also again a really young woman marrying an old man i i think there's some key differences here where like for sure clearly lauren doesn't need to marry this guy to be safe it's it seems to be a like legitimate pairing of like affection between them also they've known each other for such a short period of time that that makes it that that makes this so much worse it would be it would be different if they like could actually evaluate how mature each other were and not just like hey you're kind of hot and i'm lonely not like you're capable of killing a man so you're probably mature correct yeah uh i they got to date a little bit before we start talking about marriage. Yeah, yeah. I'm I have I'm not giving my blessing. No. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But yeah, that, that it creeped me out. And I appreciated that they talked about it, but it's still mm-hmm. I I still was not in favor after their discussion. Right. Okay, Luke. Uh that's that's all I've got in terms of notes. Maybe before we announce the next book, let's let's give quick reviews of Parable of the Sower. Yeah, yeah. I'll get us started. Okay. Uh, this book, as we've been talking about, incredibly dark. Um, mm-hmm. I, I very much like. I felt like there was a lot of beauty in this book, though, because mm. I felt like. <laughs> I say that and then immediately think of the scenes of dogs carrying around human limbs and like children eating legs in order to survive. Um, but where I think there was a lot of beauty was just the like choice for these characters to really put themselves at risk to help other people. And I think those scenes were like incredibly powerful when contrasted with like how bad everything was. Um and so I think there was a lot of power in those scenes because of like how dark the book was. Uh, I also, <laughs> this book, it feels like it is uh, very close in a sense. Like it, yeah. I don't think we're on the precipice of anything like this, but I think it's not that far-fetched based on how our current world looks. Uh and so that way it's also kind of like scary but impressive uh so <laughs> yeah that's i that those are my main takeaways from this book i i i enjoyed this book i thought it was well written the characters were good and um the story while depressing was engaging um yeah yeah this this is very tough to give like one of our reviews on um because I think it's a very good book, but it's not good in the same way that like 
one of the fantasy books that we read is. It's not like Cradle, um, right? Right. Uh, like, okay, everything you said is, is is I agree with. Like, it's, I don't know, just, <laughs> it's very real and, and pretty scary. Um, I think it's very interesting to, like, get a perspective on a scenario like this and it seemed well thought out one thing that i really thought was cool is how we talked a little bit about like wanting to know the situation in other places Mm -hmm. or even in other like like how do the rich live in that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and it's i think it's a very interesting and cool touch to like not give us that just because like society i I imagine the reason is because society is broken down enough that like people don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know little things like that, that were just very scary parts of like a, it's not really post-apocalyptic, but just like, I don't know, society breaking down. It's like very interesting to read. It's like current apocalyptic. It's like happening. Right. Apocalyptic. Right. So it's a very good book. It's very well written, um, just in a different way than the books that we normally read. Yeah, yeah. But um, but we're gonna keep getting back to those to those to those other lighthearted fantasy books. Um, give me some. Give me some unicorns, some dwarves, maybe some orcs. Oh interesting you mentioned orcs luke uh we were recommended a book from our patreon subscribers it's a book we've actually been meaning to read i think for a while because it's also a spiffbo winner orconomics by zachary pike that's right we're gonna be doing half the book for next week I think half, yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems about the same length as this book, so we'll probably split it into two. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like 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 Dan said, this was a, a recommendation from from a Patreon user. Which, if you are a Patreon user, feel free to give recommendations, and we will. Um, I don't know how often take them, but we will sometimes take those recommendations. Uh, and yeah, this is what we're gonna do. Orconomics. I've heard it's funny, which mm-hmm. is good. A good uh, change of pace. Hopefully, please, please, Zachary. We need, we need it to be funny. But <laughs> a lot of pressure on Zachary's sense of humor here. You know what, Luke? As long as Zachary brings the laughs with Orconomics, I'm happy to bring the hot takes, and I'm happy to be the dumb nerd. <laughs> <laughs>